listening to the Paul McGuire report. So we have these elite organizations and think tanks, such as the Club of Rome. Um, oh, the Club of Rome, the 1001, a nature trust tied to the World Wildlife Fund, radical environmentalists, the Stockholm uh, United Nations Earth Day Conference. Let's just stop there for a second. The, the United Nations, the, the original planning for the United Nations Earth Day conference came out of uh, uh, Stockholm, and then it took off in the United States of America. I happened to be at the, it was either the, the, the second, um, it was probably the second uh, Earth Day conference or the first, first Earth Day conference in, in the United States of America. And it was held in uh, in Manhattan, and I was there. And I, because I was a a follower of the radical activist Abby Hoffman, you know, Chicago Seven, Chicago Eight, Netflix just did a documentary on these radical activists. So I was there because Abby Hoffman called us out, and I was like a radical activist and a follower of Abby Hoffman. And I ended up in in, in a tent, uh, you know, one of these large tents with chairs. And outside was the uh, the giant Earth Day celebration with rock bands playing and celebrity uh, activists speaking and, you know, all the stuff happening. And while I was inside the tent, and they, they allowed me in, well, probably because of my age. I was like 15 years old. I had hair very long, dressed like a hippie. So, you know, they, they just let me right in because I looked like I belonged. And I just walked up towards the front, sat in one of the front rows. And listen to some of the most powerful and and famous radical activist leaders of our time speak openly and candidly about their their hidden agenda for America, and what I heard them say. And now you've got to remember, back then I was I was 15 years old, so I understood some of it, but I didn't understand other major pieces of information, even though it was presented to me right in front of my face. I, too, had been subjected to uh, social engineering and propaganda like the, like the rest of the youth. And so I couldn't quite put all the puzzle pieces together back then. Of course, after spending decades teaching myself how these puzzle pieces fit together, I can put them together. And now I'm going to share with you what I learned and, and what, see, what would happen is I'd go to these meetings. They'd speak above my head. They'd speak above my, my, my knowledge base. But the Holy Spirit of God would enlighten in my heart and mind the complexity and and hidden nature of what they were saying, and the Holy Spirit would reveal to me, literally, supernaturally, what what their hidden agenda was, even though intellectually it was beyond my level of comprehension at the time. Now, when I say beyond my level of comprehension, I don't mean intellectually beyond my level of comprehension. I was not sophisticated in the methodologies of scientific brainwashing, scientific mind control, propaganda, uh, things of that nature. And these people were all into that, not openly, but covertly. Okay, so they, the, the, the leaders, the big-time leaders of the radical counterculture were meeting in this tent, and they were talking about that they were going to have to, they had built up a massive organizational structure with millions of college students, massive mailing lists, major corporations as funders, et cetera. 
and they were talking among themselves, and I was smack dab in the middle of them, and they were saying, now that the Vietnam War is ending, they openly admitted in this secret meeting that was held out in the open, but they openly admitted that they were using the Vietnam War as an organizing, as an emotional, psychological organizing principle. So they were using the Vietnam War as a psychological mechanism to ignite a cultural Marxist, socialist, communist revolution in the United States of America. And so the Vietnam War and protesting the Vietnam War was an essential part of their game plan of introducing a communist revolution into America by using the words Abby Hoffman would often say, by organizing the discontent. The, the, the Marxist game plan was you appeal to all the disenfranchised, unhappy uh, uh, people in, in all kinds of groups, whether it's, it's, it's gay activists, it's feminists, it's ecologists, it's, it's people who are concerned about economic disparity, it's social justice people, it's uh, civil rights, uh, uh, climate change. You, you appeal to all the disenfranchised, you appeal to all the discontented people, and then you organize them. Now, as individual compartments, they're not that, they're not that dangerous. But when you take all these individual compartments and categories of disenfranchised people, and you mobilize them, and you energize them, then instead of just, instead of being just isolated, categories of disenfranchised people, when you mobilize them, when you organize them, when you finance them, they literally become a mighty army of communist, socialist, Marxist revolutionaries. And when you give them enough financing, they collectively, not individually, but collectively, they have the power to overthrow the United States government as we know it and overthrow the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and either through violence or just overwhelming pressure, collectively they now have the power to to initiate and launch a radical leftist revolution in the United States of America based on radical humanist uh, philosophical ideas like the ones in the French Revolution. And remember that secretly, in the dark heart of the French Revolution, which occurred uh, just a couple of decades after the American Revolution, it was the Philosophical. It was the, the the dark philosophers of the French Revolution, like Rousseau and Voltaire and others, who were who were yeah they were philosophers, but they were secretly financed behind the scenes by the Illuminati, which was the international bankers and the wealthiest people in the world. And these French philosophers, financed by the Illuminati, were Satanists and Luciferians, and they hated. With an unbridled passion, they hated Christianity, they hated the Bible, they hated Jesus, they hated Christian morals, and above everything, they hated the Christian church. And I read and have studied the secret correspondence carried on by the French philosophers, where they call for open trickery, they call for the seduction of naive Christian leaders, so that they can guillotine or chop off the heads of thousands and thousands of Christian ministers and Christians and Christian leaders in France and in other nations. And so when the French Revolution 
erupted as planned, and outwardly it promised, you know, fraternity and liberty and equality. That was the outward masquerade. But inwardly, they were organizing to, to murder the church and the Christian leaders. And so when I was speaking in France to a packed church of 25,000 people, where, where unlike many times when I speak in certain churches in America, they want you to censor everything you're saying. I had this French pastor whose congregation was over 25,000 people. He, he wanted me. He exhorted me. He said, don't preach like you'd preach in America. He said, my people in Paris, they need to hear the hard truth. They need to hear what the globalists have in mind for Europe and for Paris, France. Totally different mindset. So, so what happened was uh, he wanted the truth to be taught because he wanted his conscience bothered him as it should have. He, want, he wanted to prevent France from being sucked under uh, a communist globalist revolution that he knew was brewing, and I knew it was brewing. So, in my book, and you need to get this book too, it's called The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World. You need to get that book, along with Power from on High, and along with A Prophecy of the Future of America and the Day the Dollar Died. In The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World, I devote numerous chapters to exposing the satanic Illuminati influences of the French Revolution. Because when I was in France, speaking at this church of 25,000 people, I visited certain locations that I knew about through my research in Paris. I stood on the exact spot, and I showed my French guide things that he didn't notice. On the exact geographic spot that I stood on, you could see, as you looked down these corridors, Illuminati pyramids placed with the all-seeing eye of Lucifer. And in, in, in this quadrangle of Illuminati pyramids and, and corridors with uh, uh, prominent emblems of the all-seeing eye of Lucifer, that was the exact place that 20 years after the American Revolution, uh, Revolution occurred, that was the exact place where they set up thousands and thousands of guillotines and beheaded or chopped the heads off of thousands and thousands of Christian ministers, Christians, Christian leaders. They beheaded them, and blood filled the streets of Paris. But, but this wasn't the random violence of a crowd. This beheading of the Christian leaders was done by the secret planning of the French philosophers like Voltaire and Rousseau. Who, who were getting big money under the table from the Illuminati. Because you see, the Illuminati has always been Luciferian, and the Illuminati want to use the pretense of the French Revolution as a cover for the outright destruction of the Christian church, Christian morality, uh, Christian beliefs, just like the Illuminati wants to do today in America. Make no mistakes about it. Make no mistake about it. But the Christian church in France was asleep to the danger of their own slaughter, which occurred less than a number of months. They were beheaded. They, their heads were chopped off. I stood right on the spot where the guillotines were, and just a few feet from my eyes, I could see the, the pyramids and the all-seeing eye of Lucifer, and all these occult 
satanic symbols that were hidden in the open in Paris. So, you need to get the book Power from on High. It explains this, and then it shows the power that the Church has, even at this time. The Church has far more power than the Illuminati. Wake up and hear the word of the Lord. The Church has far more power than the Illuminati. Wake up and hear the word of the Lord. We have the authority in Christ that is vastly superior than the power of the Luciferian elite that are running the global reset, and Klaus Schwab, and the global government, and their nanochip implant, and their dark agenda to reconfigure uh, the DNA and genetic code of mankind, because they are transhumanists, and the head of their transhumanist movement was Julian Huxley, the brother of Aldous Huxley, and the game plan is to use genetic engineering to reconfigure the DNA of um, mankind as a transhumanist revolution against the throne room of God and as a covert revolution to make man genetically, to make man God, to make women gods. That's their game plan. They want to they want to promise the seduction of counterfeit immortality uh, to mankind through genetic engineering and biology, etc. We can, we can overwhelmingly win this battle in the physical realm and in the spiritual realm, but we need knowledge and wisdom. In my books, I outline a plan that's biblical and a plan that works. It's time for the church to wake up. Playing church is not acceptable to God. Playing church is a counterfeit of true Christianity. Always remember that. Whenever you see Christians acting like idiots and they're playing church, remind yourself that when you're playing church, you're not being the true church, and what you're doing is a counterfeit of biblical Christianity. God didn't give us power from on high, the dunamis, dynamite, explosive power of God to play tiddlywinks with. He gave us power from on high so that we might ignite a biblical and authentic revival and a biblical and authentic third great awakening that will rock America like it hasn't been rocked since the time of the first great awakening and the second great awakening. And when America is rocked by the power of God and an authentic biblical worldview, there will be, hear my words, there will be an authentic and biblical spiritual revolution, law-abiding and peaceful, ignited in the streets of the cities of America and in the halls of power of the institutions of America. I am telling you with the Holy Spirit as my witness in my heart that this, this present mo- moment of, of apostasy in the church, this present moment of the church walking in a great delusion, is, is disintegrating. That delusion, that satanic illusion, is disintegrating. And what's causing it to be disintegrated is that God is functioning as the creator, creative. And as the creator, he is also a master sculptor. And he has a chisel, and he has a hammer, and he is God Almighty is carving out of the carbon and the rock of creation. God is chiseling away at his creation, nature, and so that it reflects the form of his image in men and women, in their DNA, and in the, in the God-breathed humanity of mankind. So you see, 
far from this being a period where we're nearing our imminent destruction, if we are true members of the body of Christ, which means we're supernatural members of the body of Christ, filled with power from on high, if that's who we are, then we are in the spiritual battle, and we are in the spiritual battle to be victorious and overcomers and to reclaim our nation. God chose America with the pilgrims and Puritans for a special purpose, and that purpose was God chose America to be uh, the main organizational structure to bring in the last day's soul harvest and to preach the gospel all around the world. America has a call on it. America has a mission on it. That's why America has the American dream. That's why we have a constitution and bill of rights that gives us freedom of religion, freedom of press, uh, freedom of uh, the right to assemble and and gather. Uh, uh, We have all these freedoms to practice our religion, preach the gospel, freedom of press, etc., etc., because it is the intention of God beforehand that those legally encoded liberties, like life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, these legally encoded constitutional liberties provide the legal platform upon which we can proclaim the gospel like a hammer against deception all around the world. So the idolatrous humanism, the idolatrous uh, Uh, breaking of God's commandments, the idolatrous secular humanism and existentialism, the the idolatrous humanist religions, which are proclaiming that man is God, and they're rising up all across America, all across the institutions of our societies, all across governments all over the world. They're rising up, and they are the, the collective crescendo of the rising of the the ancient harlot Mystery Babylon, depicted in the book of Revel- uh, in the book of Revelation, uh, Babylon the Great, Babylon the Great has fallen. Mystery Babylon, the great harlot that instituted her spiritual harlotry in ancient Babylon at the time of the Tower of Babel, um, rises in the book of Revelation and she falls. And so this great archetypical struggle between the secret societies of Mystery Babylon and the secret society, occult societies of Nimrod, named Mystery Babylon, begin at Mystery Babylon, are passed into the Egyptian god-king system and the, and the royalty of, of the kings and queens of Europe. And when you go to the United States Capitol in Washington, D.C., what do you see as a visible witness in front of your eyes? You see these mammoth architectural structures of a gigantic phallic symbol, okay, a massive phallic symbol, which faces in direct proximity uh, a, a massive womb-like structure, the, the, the Capitol Dome. So you have the Capitol Dome in geographic proximity to the phallic symbol. The, 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 the dome represents the womb of Semiramis, the wife of Nimrod. This is this. These are the depths of Mystery Babylon. This is what's. This is the spiritual infrastructure which is is running our nation. What's running our nation is uh, the secrets of Mystery Babylon, which begin with the fact that that Nimrod is castrated by his wife Semiramis, 
and she lies to the people and says that Nimrod has risen into the heavens and has become Ra, the sun god. This is way back in ancient Babylon. And so these Freemasonic, Masonic religions, the Rosicrucians, the Illuminati, the Skull and Bones, uh, the Hellfire Club, etc., etc., they've been passed on from generation to generation. And our founding fathers, listen to me very carefully, because I detail this, I document this in my books. You will understand this and more when you read your copy of Power from on High, when you read your copy of The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World, when you read your copy of A Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 1, and A Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 2, when you read your copy of The Day the Dollar Died, and the other books that I have for you at a financial discount that you can get right now at paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. You have to understand that the name of the game has always been to wear the mask of rationalism, uh, secular humanism, scientific materialism, Darwinian evolution, etc., etc. Their, their covert strategy is to walk around as if they were atheists. But secretly and covertly, they are members of satanic and Luciferian secret societies practicing ritual blood sacrifice, occult, uh, uh, occult sacrifices, the, the open worship of Satan, the open worship of witchcraft. So, for example, our founding fathers were a strange mixture of super scientists, super geniuses, engineers, technologists as well as the leading occultists, alchemical magicians, and, and uh, communicators of spirit guides in the history of mankind. So men like Sir Francis Bacon, he was the founder of the scientific method, but he was also conversing with uh, angel. Uh, he was also conversing in the fallen angel language known as Goetia. He was communicating to the fallen angels, as was his counterpart, Sir, Sir John Dee, who was communicating to the fallen angels. And these fallen angels are the same fallen angels recorded in the book of Enoch, referenced in the Bible. And Sir Francis Bacon organized with enormous money, he and Sir Francis Dee, uh, Sir John Dee, were the spiritual occult advisors of Queen Elizabeth's. And the spirit guides and the Enochian angels talked to Dee and Bacon and supernaturally guided uh, Dee and Bacon into having the empire of Great Britain invade the Americas, invade the United States, so that the United States would become colonized by the British Empire. And the angelic principalities and powers, the fallen angels, gave them the supernatural wisdom to carry out the secret mission. So, you know, the, the, the elite, the Illuminati, the Rosicrucians, all these people don't want you to know the true history of American history. They want to hide it from you. Our ministry wants to teach you the truth, because when you understand the occult and the Holy Spirit, Word of God mechanisms, spiritual mechanisms that are warring against each other in the invisible realm, you will understand that it is a relatively simple task for God's people after they've received power from on high 
and after they've received a knowledge of a biblical worldview organized by Bacon and Dee, they hired mighty sailing ships to come to America and colonize America, but they were secretly mixed in with the, the, the Puritans and the pilgrims who were strong Bible-believing Christians. But the strong Bible-believing Christians back in that day, like in our day, were unaware of the fact that they had been secretly infiltrated by the Rosicrucian <coughs> excuse me, and Illuminati <coughs> agents of Sir Francis Bacon and Sir John Dee. <coughs> they, had, they had smuggled their teachers and their spirit guide people <coughs> in with the Pilgrims and Puritans. So when you read the, the historical documents of the United States, etc., etc., you see a strange hybrid mixture between occultism, Rosicrucianism, <clears throat> occultism, communicating with the Enochian spirit guides, and biblical Christianity. You're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. I'm Paul McGuire. Visit now, paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. This is Paul McGuire. You're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. Okay, let's wrap up the, the explosive truth coming from the word dunamis, the, the, the explosive dynamite, explosive truth of the Holy Spirit. And you and I, once again, it is mandatory, according to the Bible, for you and I to be filled or clothed with power from on high. The way we win the spiritual war is we're filled and clothed with power from on high. Now, we need to know the secret occult destiny of America. The reason NASA and all its rocket programs have symbols of Roman gods, Jupiter, you know, Apollo, Greek gods, all over the place, is because underneath the platform of NASA is a sophisticated occultic system that was partially borrowed from <clears throat> the uh, German rocket scientists. We, the American rocket program smuggled over 15,000 German rocket scientists, German mind control scientists, and German uh, DNA genetic scientists. And uh, that's why the German rocket program was very, also very much involved in, in the occult. And then, of course, we have the entire entertainment industry, the music industry, the film industry, the acting industry. You see symbols of the occult, symbols of the Illuminati in the music industry and these other entertainment industries. They're everywhere. And why are these occult symbols everywhere? They're designed, you see, you have to understand that the high-level occultists like Sir Francis Bacon, Sir John Dee, I talk about this in my book, Power from on High, and the Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World. When Sir Francis Bacon was hired by King George of England to, to put together a correctly translated uh, uh, King James, excuse me, when King James of England hired Sir Francis Bacon to put together a correctly translated version of the King James Bible, because they were master occultists, they, they secretly introduced an occult mechanism in the illustration and the writing and the editing of the King James Bible. But the, the Christian pastors in England, not, not just the Pilgrims and Puritans, but the Christian pastors in England and the churches in England 
we're far more biblically astute. We're far more biblically educated than today's pastor, who's kind of like the Pillsbury, you know, go boy that you, you press in the belly button and he gives a little itch noise, you know what I'm saying? Because he's so weak. Now, the Christian pastors back then knew the Word of God. And so when they opened this, this King James Bible, the one that was first put together by Sir Francis Bacon, it was jam-packed, filled with occult symbolism, occult drawings, occult symbols, the Baphomet, all these symbols of Lucifer and Satan and, and uh, occultism and, and uh, Illuminati symbols were everywhere. Every, every, wherever there wasn't a printed page, there was a, a very expensive illustrations and symbols of Satanism and Lucifer and, and an, an Antichrist gospel. And the pastors who knew God and knew the Word of God instantly recognized this for what it was, which was an all-out spiritual attack on the true Church of Jesus Christ by the Satanists like Sir Francis Bacon. And they demanded, unlike today's Christian pastors who don't demand anything, they just fall asleep, the Christian pastors back then demanded that the, the Bible be completely stripped of all these occultic, satanic symbols, and that the and, and that they would have, and the, the, the verbiage, the, the language had to be what the Word of God said. Now, it was quite a big deal to do that, but you see, they knew that the occult teachers like Sir, Van, Sir Francis Bacon were operating on the occult belief principle that by simply placing occult symbols, Baphomets, and other Luciferian symbols of various kinds on the pages all around the Bible, they believed that the Luciferians, the Luciferians taught and believed that by embedding the King James Bible with Luciferian and Satanic and devil symbols, that the symbols alone had the power to be supernatural conductors of occult energy, Luciferian energy, and Satanic energy, that, that would be conducted from the demonic realm into the hearts and minds of people, especially pastors. So it was they knew that they were being subjected to spiritual warfare. <clears throat> so they stood up and they demanded a complete revision, and they gutted the perverse Bible and, and demanded that the that King James uh, restore the, the King James Bible to, to a biblical foundation, a biblical foundation. Now, that biblical foundation is still intact in the King James Bible, and those relatively few versions of the Bible that are biblically sound. But if you think of the difference of the leaders today, Christian leaders today, the pastors today, the Christian denominations today, think of the difference between them and their counterparts who were under spiritual assault by Sir John D. and the occultists. Well. The, the pastors back then understood that every time people see an occult symbol, like like a Baphomet or Luciferian symbols or Luciferian numbers or all the different esoteric, satanic, witchcraft symbols uh, embedded in the in the artwork uh, in these Bibles, they knew that that the Luciferian that the Luciferians put those symbols in there to be, in a sense, supernatural energy conductors. 
conductors of satanic energy, satanic power, and the power of the devil. And that when people read these Bibles, even though the Bibles were packed with with literary words that were indeed the true word of God, the mere presence of all these Luciferian symbols and artwork opened portals from the invisible realm into the hearts and minds of pastors and churches, causing great spiritual damage. Great spiritual damage. Now, now, many pastors understand that today, but, but today we subject our children. Just pretend we are treating our children as if we're bringing our children, like the Canaanites brought their children, to the, to the statues and idols of the Canaanite uh, satanic gods like Chemosh, and, uh, which is an owl god, like at the Bohemian Grove, like Ashtaroth, which was the female sex god, uh, the female version of Baal. Now, all the, the, the symbols of Baal and Chemosh and Ashtaroth, all, what, the, what the backslidden Jews did and what the Canaanites did is they sacrificed their children alive by burning their children alive on the altars of Chemosh and Ashtaroth and uh, other satanic and Luciferian gods. They burned their children alive in order to, to release supernatural satanic power in their lives. And this was done all over the land of Canaan. Okay, so today we finance or are, allow our children to attend football stadiums, baseball stadiums, giant rock and roll concerts in football stadiums, you know, Madonna and other mega superstars and their music so much of their music uh, in theater and action and, and blatant symbols and numbers and uh, pictures with double meanings are portals. Their concerts in giant stadiums are, are mass-gathering uh, occultic energy portals that are designed by the, the priests of Satan and the worshipers of Satan to pull in energy from hell, to pull in fallen angel energy, to pull in uh, uh, satanic energy, and to pull in Luciferian energy. So the fact that our children are being exposed to Madonna wearing witchcraft symbolism, or Beyonce uh, uh, wearing witchcraft and satanic symbolism on all, all our outfits, or when you look at giant laser shows in the sky of satanic imagery, satanic numbers, satanic lyrics with double meanings. All of this is designed, as was the satanic symbolism, the Luciferian symbolism, embedded all over the King James Bibles. They're designed to function as a portal to bring in Luciferian power, satanic power, and uh, fallen fallen angel power to corrupt the earth and to corrupt our youth. There is no difference in terms of its net effect, you need to hear me now, there's no difference in terms of its net effect between allowing our children to be immersed in the symbols of Satanism and witchcraft and Lucifer and <clears throat> satanic numbers and the teachings of the great Satanist Alice Ballister Crowley. There's no difference between exposing our children to all these hardcore Luciferian and satanic symbols and how the Satanists in the time of Queen Elizabeth were strategically exposing Christians as they read their Bibles to all the satanic symbols, the satanic artwork, 
the 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 occult numbers, the the secret occult lyrics in the songs, the the Satanists mapped out a plan where Christian children, Christian churches, Christian pastors were saturated and immersed in satanic worship via the symbols, the clothing, etc., 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 etc. You see, Christians mistakenly think that symbols are meaningless and powerless. All people that understand the occult and all people that understand Satanism understand that symbols and lyrics and words and numbers are not powerless or meaningless. They are, in effect, supernatural conductors, supernatural transmitters of Luciferian and Satanic energy. That is why the Nazis, Hitler was put into power by high-ranking Nazi generals, all of which were high, high high-level members of secret German occult societies, and these massive symbols like the swastika and the the, the Sig Heil uh, uh, symbolism and the, 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 the secret occult societies like the Vril Society, the Thule Society, and other secret societies that Adolf Hitler openly and strategically displayed all around Germany on their flags, on their tanks, on their uniforms, uh, on their public squares. Hitler deliberately saturated Nazi Germany with symbols which represented occult portals that would pull in the occult energy or the satanic energy known as the Vril Force, V-R-I-L, the Vril Force. And many people believe that Hitler was uh, demon-possessed and uh, led by demons, and uh, uh, supernaturally his intelligence was enhanced by demons. Okay, so that brings us to the present moment. We are fighting a battle that is both technological, psychological, psychological operations, supernatural, spiritual, uh, neurological, biochemical, genetic, uh, with DNA, functioning with transhumanism. We are fighting an end times battle where there is a totality and an integration of multi-dimensional warfare being fought on multiple levels and multi-dimensions between the demonic forces, the forces of the fallen angels, and the the angels of God, the the true God, are warring against the counterfeit God, Lucifer. And this is all all wrapping up to the end of the age, where Jesus Christ, who's the King of kings and Lord of lords, is going to physically descend from heaven down towards the earth, riding a white horse, followed by the armies of heaven. And as Christ, riding a white horse, uh, descending on the earth, followed by the armies of heaven, he, Christ, when he, Christ lands with his horse in the valley of Megiddo, where the, the battle of Armageddon is centered, this final battle between God and Satan, the, the angels of God and the fallen angels, the, the, uh, all those men and women who have accepted the mark of the beast, 666, and all those men and women who rejected the mark of the beast, this final battle, known as Armageddon, will culminate when Christ returns as, at, the, at the second coming, and he subjugates, and he destroys, and he conquers Satan, the Antichrist, 
the fallen angels, the various rankings of demons, and when Christ rules and reigns over Lucifer and all of Lucifer's armies in this final battle in which Jesus Christ will win and where Jesus Christ will conquer all those that are in rebellion from God and all those who chose to receive the mark of the beast and the mark of the beast technology, 666, they will be sentenced into the lake of fire for all eternity. And all those who rejected uh, the mark of the beast and rejected worshiping the Antichrist will be, will be allowed and their names will be placed in the book of life and they will be la- allowed to live in heaven for all eternity, forever and ever and ever. So everything on planet Earth occurring in multiple dimensions, everything on planet Earth is moving to the eruption of this final battle and this final war. It's up to you to be intellectually uh, prepared. It's up to you to read, to study books like mine, which open these truths up to you. It's up to you to, to, to renew your mind with the Word of God. And it's up to you to obey Jesus radically, not play church. It's up to you to obey Jesus radically and be filled with the dunamis dynamite power from on high. So right now, at this place, at this moment, and at this second, you have a personal one-to-one responsibility before Almighty God. God is knocking on the door of your heart, as he did to the the church in the book of Revelation. <clears throat> and God is asking you to open the door of your heart and to let him in. And God is asking you to obey the words of Jesus Christ when uh, Jesus Christ commanded his disciples to go tarry in Jerusalem until the Father uh, sends the power of the Holy Spirit or power from on high or the dunamis dynamite power of the Holy Spirit upon them. In other words, the disciples are commanded by Jesus Christ to be clothed with power from on high in the final battle. This is the exact opposite of what occurs in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve disobey God's word and eat from the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, and they find that they are completely naked. So they are ashamed embarrassed, and they're naked, which means they're powerless. They have no spiritual power, and that's evidenced by the fact that they're, that they're naked, that they are not clothed with power from on high. And so they're going to lose the spiritual battle, as every church and every Christian always does when they reject power from on high. So at this hour, God is calling his church to repent of this grievous sin, and to repent for rejecting God's word, for disobeying God's word. Because what's God's word? God is telling his people loud and clear that I am commanding you to tarry into Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high. You can't win the spiritual battle unless you're clothed with power from on high. And so every one of us must repent of that grievous sin. We must turn to Jesus Christ asking for forgiveness of rejecting and disobeying his word, and then we must ask God, with an act of our will and an act of contrition and repentance, we must ask God, as we're doing right now, we're we're saying out loud with our words, Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords, we ask you to clothe us with power from on high. 
we ask you, Jesus, to, to fill us with the power of the Holy Spirit so that we have the supernatural power infusing us so that we might be more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. And that way, the battle for all eternity and for the battle for the souls of every man and woman who ever lived, that battle will be victorious. And to the degree that you and I pray that, that prayer and lock into it is to the degree that we will receive power from on high, to the degree that we will be clothed with power from on high, and to the degree that we will bring in a last day's soul harvest before the return of the Lord. So this is Paul McGuire, and I'm offering you the spiritual ammunition, spiritual armor, and spiritual equipment you need now to be victorious in this battle. Simply go to paulmcguire.us, that's paulmcguire.us, order at a financial discount my new book, Power from on High, my other new book, The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World, my book, uh, A Prophecy of the Future of America, my book, The Day the Dollar Died, which explains the nanochip economic system, and walk in supernatural knowledge, supernatural wisdom, and supernatural power. God bless you. This is your brother in Christ, Paul McGuire. Once again, grab on it, get on it. Get yourself a copy today of Power from On High.